Lordy, lordy, look who's doing episode 140. I'll tell you who's not on episode 140. The band Incubus is not on okay. here. Whoa. Oh, just going to bring this just going to bring this right I'm in. I'm just going to we're just going to pop right into it. Oh, you know, I'm I'm having my morning cup of joe. Mm-hmm. It'd be cool if people yeah. call a cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. And I'm watching my boys continue on a Wednesday morning as God intended. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, really good Legacy of Kane episode. Really enjoying all the dialects. And then just out of a, a props of nowhere, it suddenly just Incubus? Oh, well, Deftones is better than Incubus. What, no, wait, what, did you, what did you even say? My brain blocked it out. It made me so mad. I think I said Incubus, you mean worse Deftones. Worse Deftones. <laughs> Which is one of the funniest sentences I think I've ever heard. That was my favorite part of, of the episode. I'm glad now, because at first I was like, oh, for a second there was a Fall Out Boy reference in that episode. I'm really, oh, oh, and then you guys didn't say anything about it. Now I'm glad you didn't, because you would have just really just triple stabbed my heart. Don't get me started on Fall Out Boy. Chad, this is amazing, because... Uh, when I when I watched that episode, I was like, "Wow, what a safe joke! Like, you're never gonna piss anyone off by making fun of Incubus. Like, basically <laughs> everybody knows Incubus is beloved by many. They they were a great prog rock band who just happened to have their biggest single be one of their lamest songs, uh, uh, Drive. What's the is Drive their biggest single? I think Drive Drive is the one where you like I you'll hear it on you know like just '90s 2000s like pop radio." What's the one that was the, uh, they did an acoustic version as well as the, they had an acoustic version. Well, Drive is acoustic. Um, okay. There's a lot of, listen, there's a lot of acoustic songs. They do a great acoustic cover of Pardon Me. Stellar was the one on Guitar Hero. Stellar. That's the one I know. Oh, shit, was Stellar on Guitar Hero? I must have missed that game. I would have loved that one. Stellar's on Guitar Hero 1. I feel like Stellar is their song. Yeah. I, I mean, it's one of their, it's one of their songs. They got Pardon Me, Before I Burst. You got Wish You Were Here. Uh, they really are just an eclectic band with many, every album, a different <laughs> set of tastes and, and genres going everywhere from new metal to, to funk rock. And I mean, what's Deftones got? They got I Watched You Change. And that's it. <laughs> Did we need a new metal is my question. <laughs> well, that's why it was NU. It wasn't replacing it. It was just another kind. Did metal need to grow up? Yeah. And also, not to take this away from Incubus, there's there's plenty to talk about here. But mm-hmm. new metal doesn't sound much like metal. Just I'm just saying it's a bad. It's there's many. I'd say there's many bad music genre names. Like what, not to pivot off of that, emo music, terrible genre name. <laughs> Nobody knows what emo is. Everyone has a different idea what emo Cause, means. What? Because it's emotional. You mean most music? All music. All music is. I mean. Show me some unemotional music, Except for, like, craft work? I don't know. Like, what, what counts as not emotional? <laughs> well, emo, like, like uh, I'm sad because my girlfriend broke up with me a month ago is, is just music. I'm sad because my girlfriend broke up with me, like, years ago is emo, is how All I right. explained it. Sure, I'm not over my old girlfriend from a few years ago. <laughs> the lingering, the yeah. lingering wound is emotional. Yes, but yes. even still, it needs a better term. It needs like it needs like. Well, it. I, I have a little history lesson. It was actually it stood for emotional hardcore originally was what it stood for. Mm. So it was a it was a divergence away from hardcore punk rock, which then it became emotional punk emotional hardcore punk rock, which then eventually became just emo as it started to become less and less punk rock. Sure, emotional and an adjective for a hardcore genre, that makes more sense to me. I did mm. not know that. When someone says emo, I do picture something folkier because I was big into like the Saddle Creek. The Midwest emo, the peak of emo. Midwest emo, yeah. Sure, my brain immediately goes to Dashboard Confessional as the guiding light for emo. Nadir, and then... Dashboard Confessional, yeah. Nadir of emo. <laughs> Dashboard, <laughs> Dashboard links the emo clans though, like it the does. exact bridge between cursive and My Chemical Romance. But I wouldn't even consider My Chemical Romance emo. Well, that is what the majority of humans will say is emo. When you say name an emo band, they will say My Chemical Romance. Yeah. Go. Well, they're wrong, but I understand. I agree with you, Kevin. <laughs> yeah. That's the period where like, it entered. It's, it became like a theatrical thing. It became a whole new thing at that point once it got to My Chemical Romance. Also, not slagging off My Chemical Romance. My mom loves that band. They are, <laughs> they are a good band. <laughs> I also love My Chemical Romance, and I will listen to them with your mom. <laughs> I I think I think you're spot on though with 
Dashboard Confessional being the bridge because that was for me. Mm-hmm. Dashboard Confessional was lumped in there because Further Seems Forever was his was one of his earlier bands, and the, I mm. I was I was ushered into Dashboard Confessional after liking Further Seems Forever, which was tangential. I, they might have been on Saddle Creek. I'm not sure. I don't think so. It bled into, but regardless, it bled into Dashboard Confessional. Dashboard Confessional was the uh, the band that probably had the most emo music success in the late 90s, early 2000s. It, it checked off all the boxes of what you were considering emo, even if it's a bad name. I, again, it needs a better, it's, not that it's too late to change it, but it just needs a better term. It needs a better term. I will, I will say this, though. Deftones was a new metal band that was capable of blending in and and had a large impact on metal and hardcore music, punk, hardcore punk music in the late 2000s. Okay, I, I'll take that. I will step up to the pulpit now and say that uh, uh, arguably Incubus is only their first two albums at most should count as new metal, even though they still had a, a, a DJ in the band the entire time, which I think is a hallmark of new metal, is you have a guy who spins records. That's a, that's a whole rap rock, the whole rap rock thing yeah, going but on. there was no rapping in Incubus. It was just more like... <laughs> We like to do acid sounds, and then they're like, hey, what if we do jazz, Uh and then what if we do funk, and then they're like a prog rock band, if anything. I I don't know. I didn't know there was so much thinkubus to incubus. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I just want one final thing in the Chad Standalone um, defending incubus. Mike Entiger, the guitarist, Mm -hmm. he pioneered the technique of... My man has been on Wikipedia looking up at all accolades for Incubus. <laughs> I didn't have to. I know this. <laughs> I used to read Guitar Magazine or whatever. Um, okay, okay, okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go on. Go on. Mike Eisinger patented this this technique of when you're down strumming on the guitar, you are also like with your pinky hitting the volume knob to give yourself a natural sort of like distorted echo effect without the use of a pedal or anything. Yeah, that's called milking the guitar's prostate. <laughs> sure, sure, I'm fine with that. You know what, I know you're trying to poke fun of it. I'm fine with that, that's fine. He milked the prostate, and as we all know, stimulation of the prostate's good, so. I'm, I'm not, yeah, I'm saying it's a, it's a loving and giving thing that he did for that guitar. You know what I think is cool is that Cursive had a cello in it, and the, the guy's... <laughs> The guy's guitar looked like a can opener. It was a cool looking guitar. That's a cool guitar. Yeah, I learned that from uh, fucking Guitar Hero, dude. <laughs> Do they have this custom guitar in there? Yeah. Like, now you can play as the cursive can opener guitar. Yeah, they have the weird, the weird can opener guitar. I love that thing. They should just let you be guitars instead of like being those like CG cartoon rockers. Just let them be cartoon guitars. A guitar man playing a guitar. Well, sure, yeah, we're also just like, yeah, I'm me now, and now you just become the, become the guitar. <laughs> yeah, and then you can play as Mike Ensinger's, and you can figure your own prostate. <laughs> yeah, fine. I stand alone with my prostate in my Incubus albums, and they're all good. They're all good. Uh, anyone else Anyone else who likes Incubus, hit me up. Talk to me. I'm not trying to... Look, I loved Incubus. I loved them. I loved them more than mm-hmm. I loved Deftones in the years that they were both at their probably their peaks. But uh, as time has passed, as time has passed, I have just come to regard... Uh, Deftones a little higher for what they have for the uh, their contributions to music uh, at at large. You know what you did. You know what you said on your channel. I know on your on your show. The Incubus is worse. Deftones. I'll I'll stand by oh. that. You know what's weird is I never really listened to uh, Taking Back Sunday, but I really like Straylight Run. I really think Straylight Run <laughs> is the winner <laughs> of those two bands. You know what? I, I, if I could do this to make a a, a piece between you know like the Cylons and humanity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I just, I'm not saying one of us is the silence, which one of us is humans, Paul. Um, well, the silence were the good guys, so I, I'll take yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting uh, read. Interesting read. <laughs> I, I, this is, I think, why I will always, pro- is that whatever music you like, you're allowed to like whatever music. People who are snobs about music, not saying anyone in this calls a snob, not saying that anyone yeah, insulted yeah. anyone's uh, other taste in music. Uh-huh. Whatever music speaks to your heart, that's okay. And yes. It's, and it's all right. If you fucking love Nickelback, even though it's the same three chords over and over, <laughs> fuck yeah, man. Go for it. If it makes you feel something, it's good. Yeah, it's like food. If you like pizza with pineapple, fucking go for it, dude. Oh, yeah. I'm like, look, to quote a famous Kevin Cole, I am not here to yuck anyone's yum. Yeah. I invented that phrase. <laughs> <laughs> and I fucking stand by it. 
welcome to Goosebuds. Welcome to Goosebuds. I'm Paul. Welcome to Goosebuds. I'm Chad. Hi, I'm Kevin. Kevin doesn't want to welcome you to Goosebuds. He's different. I, I think you were welcomed twice, which is a sufficient <laughs> amount of welcoming. Now you just get to know my name and we will continue on. <laughs> welcome to the podcast where we usually review YA books, including the works of R.L. Stein, mm-hmm. giving them the hard-hating critique they deserve. Mm-hmm. Uh, but sometimes we also visit other 90s uh, cultural touch points and a recurring one that I think we often go to for for shelter in the storm is the good old Adventures of Pete and Pete. Some would say we go to Pete and Pete maybe to remember what uh, really awesome uh, fiction for children is like. <laughs> it's a base. It's a home base that we can return to, a safe place yeah. that we can go to. <laughs> <laughs> and and we can reset our barometer so that we can dive back into the depths we, of We let our Spartan shields recharge mm-hmm. as we're undercover for a little bit so we can go back out there. So that the needlers of R.L. Stein do not take <laughs> us down. This is the sperm whale's brief touching of sunshine before he goes back into the abyssal depths to fight the giant squids. <laughs> Dude, I was just watching a whole video on giant squids. Those things are fucking wild. Yo, I was watching that. I know exactly what video you were watching. The one about the guy, the the guy on the beach. He's like, he's, you know, it was that one. Jacob, J- Jacob Geller. Yeah. 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 I love Jacob Geller. Shout out to Jacob Geller. Good YouTube content. Yeah. That shit. That, that video rocks. His anxiety makes my anxiety crazy. So I have to take him, <laughs> in, I have to take him in regular doses. Not, not saying we shouldn't shout out Jake Geller. It's just, man, dude, like we both have anxiety, but you have like a wavelength of anxiety that makes my anxiety very bad. <laughs> Yeah, Jacob Geller's like, hey, are you scared of the water? I'm going to make you more scared of the water. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, yeah, and I was going to say that I think Pete and Pete also is something that we like to visit around the holidays, which we're we're entering. It's a return to some innocence, right? Yeah. So as a Pete and Pete scholar, uh, I I gave you the choice of three episodes. Mm. And Chad, you, you leapt at the uh, idea of doing this one, Nightcrawlers, which is a classic season one episode. I think this episode lodged itself in my brain uh, as a child. Me too. Because as a kid, it's the coolest concept of never going to bed, rejecting bedtime entirely. Mm-hmm. Do you guys remember what time your bedtime was? I mean, I know it changes, obviously, but I, I couldn't recall what my bedtime was. We always followed the child bedtime chart as shown in this episode. So Yeah, <laughs> so yeah I, I did appreciate that uh, cut to a graph showing absolutely at nine o'clock. Kids must was it ten year olds must go to bed? Is that what yeah. It was? I, yeah, it was it was all the age groups. It was a, a a chart that slowly went up. Obviously, as you got older, your your time was pushed back. I loved that because it's a small thing, but it's like a moment of endearing sweetness because they had to make that chart and then film it with a camera and sit in a room filming it for a while, and like they mm-hmm. were just shooting a chart, and it adds so much to it. Where now, and I'm not blaming anybody for doing this, you would just throw up a digital image of the chart and you would just have it be on the screen. Oh, it's so much better. I mean, it's the, it's the, we've talked about this before, the Wes Anderson-ness yes. of, of yeah. somewhere there's a library, I guess, about these characters and these things and a documentary is being shot and here's the footage of it. It's so good. Yeah, oh, it's beautiful. This this one have, being located in season one definitely has that like wonderful homemade Pete and Pete vibe. Yeah, this mm-hmm. is a, yeah, this is a pretty low budget episode. I'm, I I hate that I'm now like always looking at things from a production standpoint of like yeah, you just had to just had to shoot stuff on like a quiet street at night and mm-hmm. a backyard. That's pretty much it. Chad, sometimes expensive things are worse. Is that? I guess so. Yeah, someone should talk to Michael Bay about that. <laughs> this is a good Big Pete narration type mm. thing. There's no B plot or whatever to like give Big Pete anything to do. He's just the narrator for right. this one. So right, P- Big Pete is just looking tired through most of this episode. Yep, looking tired, hanging out in his cool workwear fashion that is back in style now. Yeah, real blue collar. Yeah, he's re- he's really actually proto hipster. He's right? ro- he's rocking that work shirt and that like. Soon to be popular uh, field jacket that he's always wearing in all these episodes. He's looking, he's looking good this this season. I, I I love Little Pete's motivation in this that they set up. That like, well, there's really two reasons Little Pete wants to stay up. One that he feels before the term was coined, he feels a FOMO. He feels a mm. yeah a fear of missing out, and that other kids elsewhere are having fun or getting a kickstart on the day while he's sleeping. Mm. I totally still deal with. Well, while you're sleeping, you could be doing other things. You could be leveling up your Dota battle pass. Yeah, <laughs> go go play that. You could be listening to the entire Incubus discography during that sleep. Oh, that'd be that'd be several days worth. It's such such a rich catalog. I love. <laughs> they would truly change me. I love <laughs> the visual direction here, where uh, Old Pete is narrating, but it's while he sleeps, and we he talks about your eyes spinning. 
in its in its socket and you see it moving and then they cut to the shot of a globe of the earth spinning in a dark room which is just oh, like cool like your eyes spinning yeah okay it's cool it's cool it's a cool little shot and it's nice it's nicely done and it's, it's very simple but effective speaking of rapid eye movement yo yes oh paul you said that the director of this uh, episode also directed the music video for for REM's "Shiny Happy People." Indeed, Catherine uh, Diekman, I believe that would be how you would say Catherine's name, last name, uh, directed "Shiny Happy People," which is a is a fun watch. Uh, I watched it after we I watched this episode, and uh, you can see like a kind of a there's like a children's sh- uh, show vibe to that to that yeah to that video yeah written by uh, give credit to the writer uh, written by co creator Chris Viscardi. Mm. This is a pretty, yeah, a pretty uh, basic episode into Pete and Pete. I don't mean that discouraging. I would say, I would say this is the Pete and Pete episode. Wow. I I would say this is the Little Pete episode. Yes, yes, yes. Hmm. I don't think there's an episode that's more Little Pete than this one. Like, this is just a pure... Uh, little Pete experience. He got w- much wackier as the <laughs> as the episodes rolled on, and he had to keep like getting crazier and crazier. Mm. The the Flanders the Flanders effect kept yep. uh, coming for him, but sure, he got more extreme. Yeah, but this is this is a wonderful Pete episode. I love that line about the world moving while you're asleep. Because as a kid, I was like, oh man, I didn't even think about that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like it stays somewhere else when I'm in bed. That's it, crazy. It, it put that anxiety in your in your brain. The, didn't have to try that hard, but <laughs> <laughs> I love that because you're like a little kid and you're like kind of high all the time because you're just a kid. You're high on being a kid, and that's like one of those like deep thoughts, those, those deep high thoughts. You know, idea, a idea. If yeah, you will. yeah. Like you're new and you're like, oh man, my brain as I'm falling asleep can imagine a world that is day and not night, mm. and that's happening right now. Mm. <laughs> Am I connected to the universe? Am I how the universe imagines itself? I, I want to ask you guys what you would. I, I found myself enjoying this episode quite a lot. And, and again, just to lay out the the very basic of this, right? Pete has fear of missing out. He also um, thinks that there is a secret parental cabal. Yeah. That yes. after the kids go to sleep, uh, they all coordinate this stuff. Honestly, I think that was the funniest idea of the whole episode in which they had spent more with it of. How do, how do we coordinate all of our plans as parents with our kids? Right. Our kids the, the international adult conspiracy, which only spans Cranston Street. <laughs> yes, very much so. Yeah, they just, well, they're small, they're small cells, right? Right. I imagine there's like the the neighborhood and then one of them reports to a higher level wet and then it kind of webs out. From right. That. That's just good infrastructure for your consortium, for sure. Yeah. I, I love the sequences during that because you could, it's just such a fun easy setup because it's just each it's two shots split in the middle uh, or split screen of two parents talking on a phone and they obviously just had fun setting up really cool crazy wallpaper backdrops fun mm-hmm. phones and then fun clothing for the for the parents and just like each shot is just like this really fun uh just like they're like set designer go off you know like the art department <laughs> go nuts on this one well there are like six kids they introduce that never show up ever again and i was trying to figure that out yeah each of them gets like a distinctive adult Mm -hmm. i think clem might show up again i fucking love clem yeah shout out to a couple people you might recognize from future tv uh heather matarazzo uh you might know from several movies including the uh, princess diaries Mm -hmm. uh i also uh give a shout out to i think his name is yeah, Clem is you might recognize from Heavyweights. Yes, Aaron Schwartz from Heavyweights uh, had to pull him up. Uh, nice. Did you look at a present day picture of Aaron Schwartz? Yeah, he got cut. Is he hot? He got he got real hot. <laughs> he, got, he got real hot. He really he really grew into himself. Does he have as good of, of a of, of a beard as he does in this episode? Oh my goodness, I love. I don't. <laughs> a beard what do you what do you mean what, what do, do you mean, mean he had a beard did you not see the beard check he's a little i, I thought that was like shadow he had a, he's a little 10 year old boy no he grows a beard there's a remember how he's itching himself with the card when they're playing poker like that's him his stubble's growing out and then progressively through the episode he's growing along with he beard. ends with with civil war mutton chops on either side yeah. of his face <laughs> You know, I didn't even think about it. I don't know why I didn't process it. It's so natural is the thing. It's and they and they're never like, haha, you're growing a beard. They just let it be, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Which is a lot of the stuff in this show, I feel. There are so many jokes that are just let out there and they do not care if you miss it. It's just there. Which I think is what made this show stick around, right? Is that there's so mm. much packed and baked into it. 
and they they don't telegraph anything. It's all there and it's for you to find. Sure, and a great example of this, and probably why I missed the button shops, is I was obsessed with Pink Eye, uh, one of the other kids who's joined the Nightcrawlers, <laughs> mm-hmm. this group of kids who are going to stay up. Yeah. Pink Eye is established with without really getting into it. Pink Eye has Pink Eye. She's yep. constantly rubbing at her right eye. And then anytime it cuts to, without ever saying who's her parent, you know who her parent is on the phone calls. <laughs> Because there's a dad just uh-huh. rubbing at his eye constantly. <laughs> yeah. It is very distressing it, to watch. It's great. It's great because you get the – before Pink Eye is even introduced, you see Pink Eye's dad and he's kind of itching below his eye a lot. And you're like, what's that about? And also Pink Eye's dad is, is on a pink telephone, which is very funny. Oh. <laughs> how, how would Pink Eye spread – are they all just like sharing the same pillow? I don't know. Not to worry too much about it. Because it's poop, right? Pink Eye's poop. They love each other and they hug and their eye juices mix. And then sure. they – All right. So to clarify the plot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I do think we need a little bit of, of setting up. Little Pete doesn't want to go to bed at 9 p.m. His mom yes. is like – you gotta be because I'm your mother. That's because why. I said so. The famous words because I said so. Mm-hmm. Little Pete decides to put his foot down during a game of flashlight tag, and he says, "No, not going to bed." And his mom thinks of various ways in order to counter this, but she goes with the reverse psychology and says, "Fine, stay up as long as you want." And then Pete's like, "Fine, I'll stay up for eleven nights." <laughs> <laughs> because he saw it in Ghibli's World Records. Ghibli's. World not records. not Guinnesses. I guess they they did want to pay for that trademark, and honestly, Ghibli's is a better name. And not Studio Ghibli's World Records. Mm-mm. No, Mm-mm. but Ghibli's World Records, which is just a book of things that Miyazaki had done and that his son will never do. Yeah, yeah. This was early nineties, oh, yeah. which uh, the Guinness Book of World Records was hot, hot, hot in the early nineties. Yeah. It was one. It was a Scholastic Books. Pick up. You wanted to get the hot new Guinness Book of World Records, so it was they. They definitely didn't want to pay for that right for that, but they all. But they did want to make a, a call out to it. It was a chance at middling internet style fame. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Sure. Well, I think there was a period of time where like the Scholastic Book Club was selling those crystal glazed cover oh, books. Oh, beautiful, Guinness. beautiful. Yeah. So it was sort of a thing of like if you get in the Guinness World Records, every kid in the world will know what right. you've done. Right. Yeah, it, it was it was a kind of magic, I think. Turns out you can just like pay your way in those, right? I think you're kind of just like, hey, I want to do this thing. Can I give you as like 5,000 bucks and you put me in the book? Yeah. But one of the catches of the Guinness Book of World Records, you need a witness. Or, need well, a witness. I guess the Ghibli's World Records, you need a witness. At Guinness Book of World Records, you need like a official Guinness World Record person on the, on the scene of the yeah, crime. Yeah, or, or sometimes you can send in a videotape. Maybe I don't know. It's it seems very hit or miss. Um, it's not a real institution. The government doesn't like. The government should probably regulate the world records. I do think we need an, a government body managing this for sure. Yeah, it's not like the Olympics are corrupt. <laughs> an inter- yeah, even better, an international governing body would be great. An international yeah. thing that could take a lot of money from foreign powers, <laughs> and then like suddenly the Saudi Arabia just has all the world records. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Coolest thing my city does. Coolest thing Boston does is say no to dumb shit. Like, I love Boston for saying no to stupid <laughs> shit. Like, they wanted to put the Olympics here, and we were like, no. No. We <laughs> they wanted to put Amazon here, and we were like, no. <laughs> so, Dude, we've been we, we've been fighting and losing a battle against the Olympics in L.A. for, like, 10 years now. I think we're going to I think we've, we're going to lose it. L.A. is going to so do it. They, they love their money out there. They're going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> don't We don't have the infrastructure for it. We don't have the space. Um, I, I Did you guys notice that when Pete is arguing with, with Mom about uh, – Future bedtimes, Pete predicted 9-11. Why not 9-11? I saw that, and I said that Pete did 9-11. She says, 9 o'clock is your bedtime, and he says, what about 9-11? Why not 9-11? Why not What about Building 7, he says. Yeah. So Pete did 9-11. <laughs> I'm not saying he did 9-11. I'm saying he Nostradamus nah, 9-11. That, that yeah. little rasp, that rapscallion is responsible for it, for sure. <laughs> I know so it. You saw him. Up. He was wearing his boots in bed. That guy doesn't give a fuck about anything. <laughs> Uh, he, I did. So when he, he goes outside and he's, he's playing flashlight tag with his friends and mm. he, I, I thought the moment where, so we don't, aren't introduced to any of the children yet. We're just seeing all of his cohorts for this episode running around playing it. Uh, the girl Libby, who's 
whose face is, is like in my mind forever because the, her sequence in this episode, her, <laughs> her most famous sequence is, in my opinion, the most memorable sequence from Pete and Pete. So I just mm -hmm. have always remembered her. And I love, uh, she has a very hilarious uh, face when she's frozen in flashlight tag in the very beginning. If you go back and watch it, yeah. uh, just catch her, the face she makes. I will really want to know, was she directed to make that face or was that the face that she chose to make because it is hilarious and great? I think you bring on whoever played Libby for a reason. I think I think she's a pro. I think so too. And she probably auditioned with that face and they're like, that's Libby. That's Libby. Yeah, That's you, Libby. I want to. I want to use this. Give a shout out almost to like the power of the cast and I guess on set director of. There's a version of like where this script is really really solid, but like where it's just done poorly, right? There's a like I think you just say like oh they try to dance in the wood in the grass to keep themselves awake. That could be done really well. Not interesting. Yes, and they all sell it. And Chad, I that I was something that was a broader point to this episode that I definitely was going to bring up, which was this is a very simple script this is a very there's not yeah. there's not really a ton of dialogue like there's plenty of dialogue but there's not I, when we watched um paul is talking about the episode new year's pete in that episode we there were like many clever lines and sequences and things like that this one is like you said chad a lot of it is like just moments of them ad-libbing obviously like playing yeah playing to keep themselves awake and I think they do such a great job of just making those visually interesting, having the kids doing goofy things like when they're all walking outside. I think it's maybe in the first 96 hours. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, they're just like they, they're all when they're all suffering. They all they all have like their little like, call out lines. And like each of them is like a funny little thing. And like Artie's doing his little, you know, poses and faces. And, and like they, like you said, there's just so many like interesting and fun cutaways and having watched the rem shiny happy people video now i'm like oh <laughs> like this is just like a, yeah. someone who like is ha is completely comfortable in all right let's just do a bunch of stuff and have fun and then we'll use the best of it yeah i, I it feels like, like toby Huss, especially already the strongest man in the world is is doing a lot of like character work including i think the most bizarre thing is halfway through as as think people are starting to lose their minds. I don't know if it was the kids saw him or Artie is becoming a boring businessman. I love that <laughs> sequence where he's so it's it's uh, towards the end. Clem is is falling. He's about to about to drop. I, I took that as Clem's hallucination. Yes, what was okay. occurring there? Clem is obviously coming unraveled, and he's looking at Artie doing what Artie does throughout this whole episode, which is stand in positions and make funny noises. Uh, but he keeps <laughs> he keeps. Yeah, Pro yeah. The, the shot keeps. Yeah, you kind of distilled it down. Yeah, he yeah. just he just goes and then like and then stands in a stands in yeah. a like like a like a Heisman stance and then goes back to doing something else. Uh -huh. But it works, it works. But the whole time, and this is like simultaneously while Twin Peaks is happening, so I'm assuming that there was some Twin Peaks influence. But in a Twin Peaks fashion, the the scene is crossfading between a shot of him doing these things his normal things and him mm -hmm. in a business suit saying i don't even know if he's saying anything is he saying anything that's decipherable as like english taxi. language he's saying he's calling for a taxi oh he's just saying taxi okay I couldn't oh. really hear. okay yeah. okay but it's it's like almost like seeing uh leland palmer turn into bob in twin peaks like it's like that <laughs> same vibe is happening in this scene sure yeah I think I understand that reference. I don't know. Maybe I don't know if either of you are big Twin Peaks or Twin Peaksers. I don't think you are. Are you? I still haven't seen it. Oh man, <laughs> haven't seen it. Well, there's a lot of stuff like that. You got to trust me. I'm right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I I think there's there's some charm to their games to stay awake. I I felt myself really enjoying this. I also like found it interesting that their way of staying awake is everything I didn't do in the late hours. To me, late hours, staying up is like hunched over the computer screen video game time. For sure. And I, I know that's kind of the antithesis of Pete and Pete. It's very much about like being active and adventure outdoors and that sort of thing. I it just, was the last bastion of outdoor fun before 9-11. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I, I found myself like even going before 9-11 before Pete predicted it, where it's like, Oh, yeah, flashlight tag. That was the thing. How do you even play flashlight tag? Do you just shine your flashlight on someone? The impression I was getting is they had to tap them with the flashlight because I saw I was thinking that, too, and they were definitely hitting them with the flashlight and people were not stopping it, stopping to that. Every neighborhood has different rules for what flashlight tag is, but it's always the coolest kind of tag you can play. It is. I see. I, I we had one. I have a memory of like we tried it with some friends one time. and We were just like, all right. So I hit you. I beam my flashlight with you from across the yard tag. 
Like it was, it was just there was no game to it. I yeah. think we played it wrong. No, it's no, it's it's you gotta you gotta have some some house rules to to judge it up a little bit. But it is the night egg of of games. It's the tag you mm. play at night. I'd say freeze tag should be the king of all tag games. I think that one's got the most because it's got comeback mechanics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because you can crawl underneath someone who's already been frozen's legs to get them unfrozen. It just it it prides prevention. I like, you know, it makes the tagger be a little bit more of a jailer. I I, I like that one, but I do like uh, jailbreak because it's very similar. Uh, where there's a free a freedom mechanic, which I enjoy. Yeah, I, we, we want to liberate. Yeah, as a very slow child, <laughs> <laughs> games of tag with comeback mechanics suck ass. Like, you, there's nothing you can do. Like, if you manage to get one person tagged and then they're gone out from under your feet instantly. Well, but you do get to. Are you saying you don't like it when people are freed from you, or you don't like I'm being say- freed? I'm saying that as as a slow it like mm-hmm. you do not have the output to yeah. keep up with the amount of people being freed and mm. it just becomes a game of you like panting heavily and no, trying I'm, I'm with around. you Kevin as a big slow kid i found that most kid activity games were ones that prioritize speed and not strength to my detriment right right like Oh, like, whatever, all my friends played uh, frisbee, not frisbee golf, whatever, what it, uh, ultimate frisbee, where you're playing football with a frisbee. Oh, like, oh that is God, yeah, e- yeah. everything I can't do, because all I would do is just, like, hit them and knock them over, and they're like, you can't do that in ultimate frisbee, it's about touch. I'm like, well, then I have no skills here. <laughs> I, have, <laughs> Why did I can't you bring chase me out? after you, I'm slower. Right, right. It's a gentle game. So here are uh, the night crawlers in total. Yes, let's let's lay, let's lay out their the night crawlers and their tactics for staying awake. We have Purvis, no tactic, dies instantly. <laughs> the Purvis <laughs> dies so quick. It's very funny. I love and I love that he's the one who talks shit at the beginning. He talks shit, and I'm gonna I'm gonna skip right ahead because the the uh, episode is bifurcated into the first 96 hours and then the other hours. And when the mm. first 96 hours come up. Uh, old Pete says the first 96 hours went perfectly, including Purvis getting knocked the fuck out instantly. They didn't have to deal with Purvis. So I think that we yeah. can we can wipe him he off. He didn't want Purvis to come along, I guess, in the first place. Yeah, Purvis can <laughs> Purvis can suck it. But but Purvis brought the radio with him on his bike, which gives Artie his uh yes. superpowers to yes. continue on. So Purvis did do something. He had a radio. Sure. But yeah, he just, they loot his corpse. Yeah. When Purvis goes down, Big Pete says, Somnus the god of sleep. <laughs> Claimed another victim or something similar. That's funny because that's not Hypnos is the god of sleep, so it's it's fun. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway, we got Clem, uh, who's got a, a beard and a Nushanka. Um, we got Natasha, who has pigtails. Uh, we got Mort, who doesn't really have any personality traits. We've got uh, Libby, who looks at the sun and sneezes. We've got mm-hmm. Pink Eye, who has Pink Eye and eats uh, fig newlies. I love that uh, most things are crab related in this show, but this is a non crab yep. product. Uh, it's wonderful. The, the fig newlies uh, was the least effort that could be put in. With, yeah, you could see the original <laughs> fig newton label yes. underneath yep. it that had been like yellow taped yes. and papered lees added to the end of it. It was very charming. Just beautiful. Perfect. And of course, there's Artie. When uh, when Little Pete proclaims this group to be the Nightcrawlers, he perfectly tilts the flashlight up to shine in the lens. So there's like sure. this little like lens flare when he says, mm. we are the Nightcrawlers lens mm. flare. It's amazing. Mm. It's a good name. Fine name. Good name. Uh, I'd say Libby is probably the second major character in this besides Artie or, or Pete. Like... Really? Pigtails Pigtails got some stuff, you know, she's kind of trying, but she's really like that one trick, like I just pull my hair. Mm-hmm. Libby, I would say, I think there's something about her, if you really want to dive into it, there's something about her adoration of the sun and the bargain she's made with it as a way mm-hmm. to supercharge during the day that I really feel like when, when, Lib- when they lose Libby... When she gets stuck in in someone's backyard and is depicted like a labyrinthian maze where it's really just a lot of ivy everywhere. Yeah. Uh, it's like she got through a fence and can't find her way out. Mm-hmm. Like the sun betrayed her and it didn't come out to play anymore. Yeah. As soon as they lose Libby, I think that I think the game's over. They've lost their their uh, really one of their their brightest stars. She goes out in a very Hans Christian Andersen way. Yeah. <laughs> And and Pete, little Pete himself does not have a tactic. His is just sheer willpower. 
Mm. Like he's mm-hmm. going off of the vibes generated by his other fellow nightcrawlers. Right. That's right. his only mm-hmm. energy. Yeah, the wheels really come off when Libby goes. Uh, obviously, mm-hmm. I think Libby's the wheels, but the cart and the and the carriage and all the the pieces inside are Clem and Artie. Obviously, like they're the the body of this thing, but Libby has been driving it forward with her solar sneezes. Libby's dad carting her limp body off, saying "You're next to Pete" <laughs> is a fucking raw as shit. I love it. Yeah, that's that, that's something we haven't really touched on too much. Is the chaos this brings to the parents? I think was you know maybe I'm just older now and I wanted to see more of that. I think the they're worried about the balance of power, and we're seeing them on the phone, like yeah, hoping that another kid will fall soon when they. I mean, they, in my house, my dad would have just picked me up and carried me into the house. Right. So this kind of, of like, oh, my God, what do we do? We have to wait them out. We have no power here. They can't stop these kids. They're listening to ragtime jazz and playing cards. <laughs> they've, been, they've gone fully over. That's really the tamest music they could possibly get. <laughs> I do love that they're just doing wholesome outdoor activities, but at the wrong time. And that makes it's like Bart flying the kite outside. It's like something about flying a kite during the night is so unwholesome. Right. <laughs> they're just it's a it's a it's a stark person version to what the parents have agreed upon it is punk rock it is punk rock uh pete gets a uh a, a lovely clean filth style swear and wax my nose hair oh wax my nose hair is such a great one fantastic i also love uh they're up for like one of the i don't know maybe the first or second night they've been up fully pete's mom walks by and she's like when beautiful morning and i just love pete looks at her and says dawn was better dawn was better such a f- oh man such a great line <laughs> <laughs> a few really great lines in this one. The uh, parents, when they're talking about on the phone, I think is when uh, Pete's dad is talking to one of the parents, and they're talking yeah. about the worries they have. And the one father says, "Oh, I need my bromide." <laughs> <laughs> the parents are a wreck. Yeah, and we really this. Yeah, we really get no check in with Big Pete on this. Like a couple times him looking out the window, but he's really a non-factor in this episode. Yeah, he's just been chronicling, which is good. He's, a, he's an outside observer. He's getting giving us an un, unimpassioned uh, review of what happened. <laughs> but he is he is on the edge of adulthood, so like he's he is the bridge. Like he ha- he really like doesn't have a side in this. And I like how the the divide between kids and parents is reframed as like a class struggle with like, right. some an Illuminati trying to mess with like right. the hardworking American kids or something. It's the working class realizing that if they point if they join together, they have more power than the parents combined, right? Yeah. I love it. Uh Pete is definitely old Pete is definitely the uh dashboard confessional of this world. Uh, <laughs> I love I love they find the the Krebs the Krebs Star, I believe, two thousand. Yeah, Krebs Star two thousand. Uh which mm-hmm. uh, there's a apostrophe in the 2000 which made me feel like it had to be some sort of gag right because there's no need for there to be an apostrophe <laughs> on the Krebstar 2000 wait there's an apostrophe before the the two it's th- the like two <laughs> it's two comma zero 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 as if it were money wow very strange huh. very strange thing that i noticed that mm, i was just like maybe maybe a typo in the props department i don't know that's interesting it's just an interest i just a weird it's just like this show right it's just like yeah it's not particularly hilarious or anything like that it's just weird and it doesn't it's not right it's just a little bit of something that's off in the world the the imperfections are part of its charm right exactly like it's just let's say it's like yeah. what, what's that about why is that like that it, they're listening to it they, and they find that this Krebstar star 2000 can pick up radio stations from new orleans old tucson and dusseldorf is old tucson a thing I don't know, but I don't need to know. And no. I love that somebody made little postcards to like wave in front of the, <laughs> yeah, the camera yeah, yeah. for that. And they animate nicely. I thought that that was a, a moment where I was like, oh, this is a, I don't know. It looks like something that was done digitally, but it obviously wasn't. So it's a, it's a good look. Probably blue screened in. Blue screen, baby. Yep. I wanted to see more of the parents really like, I, I, I think the idea that the parents have an international committee is such a funny idea that I wanted to see more of it. I mm. wanted like dad to be trying to draw up like i don't know bad version uh how to make kids eat brussels sprouts with the other dads and like little pete walks by at two in the morning and they can't do it so no brussels sprouts for, or something you know what i mean yeah like, yeah yeah instead of just hearing them recount some of the conspiracies on the phone right like the milk yeah i want to see conspiracy. the parental war room and the chaos in it in it i think a later version of pete and pete would probably uh involve like some higher like parent council member being like there's a lot of rebellion on on your 
current street like Mm -hmm. what's going on there like there'd be pressure from above or something like that yeah hinting at an even like a tiered international like illuminati type thing for the adults but uh it it doesn't need that like showing the adults in chaos and letting the international adult conspiracy thing be just like a, a little Pete rationalization of the adults, like who are young parents trying to understand their children. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I think that's nice. Agreed. Agreed. So Artie dies. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Artie's Artie's radio loses power. Um, yep. and he and he winds down like a robot man. I did. I did want to say. Uh, let's make sure we get through all the kids. So we got Purvis drops instantly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know who goes next. It is one of the kids who doesn't have a lot going on. I don't. It's not. It's not Libby. It's not Clem. I think Pink Eye. I think it's Purvis, then Pink Eye, Purvis, Pink Eye then Pink, Libby. Pink Eye goes down from a Fig Noolies sugar crash. Yeah, Pink yeah. Eye sugar crash is so young, so brave, so sleepy. So sleepy. <laughs> and then... <laughs> then they find Libby. And then, right? and then uh, yeah, uh, no, Pigtails drops uh, next, I believe. So she, her technique is she pulls her pigtails to the side, stretching her face in a way that I guess keeps her awake. And... Yep. She, her pigtails come undone in what I thought was a very cool, like, um, uh, just like reverse action sequence where they just unraveled the, they had them obviously pulled up and then they like know them and they unravel, uh, in a, in a, in a, just a cool little effect shot. And that once those drop, she's out, uh, then then the Libby scene, which is in my opinion, again, the scene, the Pete and Pete scene, this girl sleep deprived, wandering through uh, a canopy of trees, unable to to locate the sun, peeks into a basin of, of water in a uh, in a bird bath and touches it. And then what is, what is their exact line as she curses? She curses oh, the sun. Yeah. Oh, she calls. I, I didn't write it down, but she calls the sun a wimp. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> Because the sun won't show up. The sun is out, so it's like hiding from her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mr. Mr. Sun must have been a little logy from his lunch break because he didn't come out to play. Mm-hmm. Wimp. And then she falls. Then Clem. Uh, like, Clem seems fine, uh, but he begins hallucinating Artie as a New York business person. And then he laugh in in mid laughter. He just falls over uh, stone dead asleep. Yeah, he seems like if every one of these is a death. Like a, like an actual yeah. death. Uh, his is like a sudden heart attack when his life seemed to be going fine. <laughs> yeah. So Libby dies of heat stroke. I don't know. I'm trying to think of like the version of it. No, Exposure, I guess. <laughs> Exposure. That would be yeah, yeah. Sleep is for the puny. It's unpipe, says Artie seconds before. Unpipe. <laughs> I love. Uh, Clem dies. Clem goes mm-hmm. down. Uh, and he's the he's the final child. Besides, you know, Artie's the the uh, besides you know Pete, Artie and little Pete, Artie yeah. and little Pete. Uh, and Artie grabs Pete. And is like, don't look, boy. And then he like, <laughs> then he's like, just once, and just lets, once. <laughs> lets him look at the body. <laughs> uh, where we get a beautiful shot of his uh, glorious beard that he has grown in these days of of no sleep, which is straight. It's the beard growing because he's not sleeping. I guess is that what's happening? <laughs> like. I don't know, but I love it. I, I just think it's great. Yeah. <laughs> it's just some way to make them feel like more wilderness survivors, I guess. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's just, you know, the kid that could grow a beard uh, at 10, which was me. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, could you really? Jesus. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. I think I was like 12. What? Was early enough. Yeah. Wow. Well. But my mustache didn't connect until I was 25. So. Ah. Yeah. But also, Paul, remember, we were slow. And you were quick. I was not quick. You guys think I'm quick or something. I don't, I don't know what that's about. I was all I was good at was getting caught in prison for in jailbreak, <laughs> and then when the jailbreak happened, creating absolute chaos for thirty seconds until I was caught again and put back into prison. Good old average speed, Paul. They called him. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, so Artie's uh, radio that he stole from Purvis, he looted from Purvis's body. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Eventually, runs out of batteries, which I think is like. Like a like, not even machines can stay up for this long. Mm, like, right? Yeah, everything has its limits. Sort of like hidden lesson in in this. Uh, and uh, Artie goes into super sleep, where he stretches his arms out like Superman, and is just sort of like bent over, like hovering in in super sleep. And as a kazoo dirge plays for him, <laughs> <laughs> it's a great pose. Yeah, it's his his uh, his own sleep is how I took that. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's it's a great moment. He goes down and it looks like all is lost for Pete. And like, we get some great shots here as Pete uh, wavers in the backyard, 
he drops his flashlight. He's about to fall backwards. And we have uh, Pigtails and Clem both appearing, smashing their face against in the cold blue light of the eve against the glass of their bedroom windows, screaming at him, imploring him to stay awake. He's their only hope. And as he falls backward, mom catches him in her arms. That's very sweet. And it was there the whole time watching. Yep, that slow-mo catch. That's that's great. Um, And I, I love this little conversation between mom and Pete because... It would be very like anticlimactic, I think, in a in lesser hands, mm-hmm. where it would probably end at uh, uh, mom saying "because I love you" as a reason for the bedtime, and they'd be like, "Well, that's the end of that." But she's like, "I'm." She goes on to say that I'm afraid you're growing up too fast, right? Uh, which is which is kind of sweet. She's admitting fault here, and Pete's like, "Maybe you're overcorrecting a little bit." I am. I am going to grow up. Things are going to change, and they agree to extend out bedtime because clearly the situation wasn't working before. Mm. A very reasonable conclusion yes. to a yeah. very wacky uh, event, which is yes. great, and it's great too because mom gets to mom sees. First, defiance, right, on Pete's mm. part. And it's defiance all the way through. But she also sees that Pete is going for record. He's He has a goal. He has set a goal for himself. And maybe the initial, uh, the initial reason was uh, in rebellion towards her. But after a certain amount of time, it's like, no, this kid's got a, a thing he's trying to accomplish. And he's really putting himself into it. And she's going to support him and help him get over the finish line, which is a beautiful thing as well. That said, yeah. after four days without sleep, the toxins in your brain kill you. So um, I don't, think, <laughs> I don't think she should be keeping her son awake. Is that the farthest you can go? I don't know why I thought it was eight. I I didn't get to do any research ahead of time on what is the the l- l- longest you can go. I'm I just it. know that it'll kill you if you don't sleep. You gotta get the brain poison out of your brain. Yeah, I remember, I remember in the college years a couple of like, oh, I guess I'll just stay up all night and finish this. And even one was that's that's rough, guys. Don't do that. They did their research, y'all, because the longest anyone has stayed, uh, according to this this article I'm looking on, newscientist.com, uh, which Ooh. is a scary name. That sounds New, legit. New with an N-U? Uh, I w- <laughs> fuck, I wish. <laughs> Kevin, Kevin goddamn! I wish I wish that was the way it was. Uh, that's gonna be our. Uh, we gotta start that website right now. Let's get that URL. Seventeen-year-old uh, Randy Gardner in 1963 stayed went without sleep for 11 days and 25 minutes. Wow! And then he lived a good life. I think he stayed alive. I don't know. Probably fucked him up pretty bad though. Okay. While I was looking that up, you guys were saying one night and. Uh, yeah, it's tough, man. Even as like an 18-year-old, staying up for a full night was tough. You've had me on the podcast before where I where I'm coming off of doing the loop. Oh, uh, the loop. Oh, that's right. Yeah, the game the game dev loop. Yeah. So I have a terrible sleep schedule most most of the time, but sometimes you got to do the loop to make it better, but uh, that's like a 50% chance it'll make it better. 50% chance it'll make it way worse. So. I was going to say one thing is a testament to to Pete and Mom in this final moment is Pete is obviously little Pete's barely holding on. He is very, very tired. Yeah. And then his mom, and his mom, you know, his like, mom's like, oh, you know, you actually only have like another 45 minutes before your new bedtime. And then they play together. Aww. And they play flash attack. And the fact that Pete gets a, a third or umpteenth win to play, you know, another burst of energy to, to bond with his mother. Very, very sweet. Yeah. Very yeah. big fan of that. It's a good, it's a good sweet ending uh, to what could have been. I, I, that's the thing about the show. The whole show could have been pessimistic or cynical and I don't think it is like it, it's it's ironic in ways. It's absurdist. It's a little low random at times, um, mm-hmm. but it is always kind hearted. And I think that's why it endures. Yeah, it, it comes in with a, an empathetic view of like a kid's problem being like, why is bedtime the time when it is? Right. It's always asking a question from a child's perspective. And I think trying to answer it through a child's perspective. Also, never disproving that the child's view of things is wrong. I, uh, I, I've i been watching a little bit of current kids' hit series, Bluey, mm. even though I don't have any kids. Um, very charming animated show about a, a dog family. Mm-hmm. And what I noticed they do is that, like, it's doing kind of a dual-level reality where if you're a kid watching it, everything in their view of reality isn't ever disproven by the parents. Mm-hmm. They kind of just kind of go with it versus, you know, if you're – 30 and you're watching this you're like yeah i know that there's not actually a machine that makes you freeze whenever you hit a certain note mm-hmm. um like this same way of they never disprove that there's an intergalactic parental cabal mm-hmm. uh 
any adult watches like well, that's just a funny thing to imagine. I'm I'm kind of rambling in a way to say that like I appreciate they stick to the they stick they stick to the bit. Yeah. They leave the mystery box unopened, right? Like maybe there yeah. is a cabal, <laughs> you know? Maybe there is an adult cabal because it's never like you said, it's never disproven. And we do see all the parents talking and we do see them discussing uh like swapping two percent milk for whole milk and the kids not being <laughs> any wiser to it, right? Like yeah. we yeah. there are they are sharing their conspiracies against their children uh so like yeah it very well could be a a, a larger con- a consortium or, <laughs> of, of parents around the world who knows if you guys so here's what i want to ask you guys if you guys were going to stay up right several days in a row mm-hmm. now as adults oh, oh yeah. i can't i got you go ahead. what are you what's your like what's your plan to stay awake what's your like what's your activity are you doing anything in particular? Um, like I'm, I think I would go pretty hard on PC game catalog that I haven't finished. I think the dopamine of like little quests and stuff will keep me powering through. So I would go much. hardcore on PCP. That would be what, oh. that would be my PC of choice. <laughs> so that could work. That would probably be what I use. Um, I would do an even worse drug. I would break out a PlayStation Two JRPG. Uh, oh my god <laughs> and just occupy that zone of half awake half asleep consuming uh a, a pointless and endless story <laughs> for hours on end just trying to crest the next hill oh no my village burned down or i'd install a mm an mmorpg and that, that. Yes. oh you guys want to do that you guys want to yeah. have like a, a, a somnia uh marathon where we all sign up for let's like- do let's do final fantasy 14 and see yeah. how and it'll be it'll be like hardcore mode right like in any other video <laughs> game where the first death is is die but it's this it'll be yeah. first fall asleep then you have to cancel your subscription as soon as you fall asleep you have to delete your character until your I character like dibs on the cat character i want to be one of the cat people you're gonna be a cat boy yeah nice can i be a marlboro uh the cigarette yes i want to be a i want to be a a humanzy cigarette (laughs) it's gonna be joe camel walking around the anime the anime boys in final fantasy (laughs) um i don't know about you guys i think that's a pretty good goosebuds episode i think it's a good a good pete and pete episode into a good Goosebuds episode. Good budding, good Peeton. I just want to say I am always down to do more of these. Let's please continue to, to go back into Pete and Pete because it is yet to disappoint. I've, yeah. I feel recharged and ready to take on the works of R.L. Stein because this has shown me that children are interesting. <laughs> <laughs> hey, children ain't so dumb. Yeah, they're like us, but with less experience. <laughs> You know, let us let us know what you think of these Pete and Pete episodes. We had a pretty good uh, response to the last one, the one before that, uh, especially on our Discord, which you can access to uh, by pledging to our Patreon, which is on patreon.com slash goosebuds. Get access to that, uh, including other things like voting on books and our uh, exclusive monthly bonus Camp Goosebuds episodes. Where it's basically this. You basically get... All it's it's whoops all banter. We I think we've said that before, but it's whoops all banter. If you like the opening of episodes, you get that. I, sometimes we we've actually covered some things in Camp Goosebuds where we've had like an episode where we discuss one thing, right? Have we yeah. done that? <laughs> think yeah. Yeah, and also it's a little less always. Uh, it's a little less combative of Paul <laughs> saying something that I wow. beloved. Wow, su- I, sucked. And, I think uh, you know, I think a lot of the combat is coming from a certain direction, Chad. <laughs> what? Well, now we're bringing the combat onto this month's Camp Goosebuds. We will get to the bottom of this Incubus First Death Tones <laughs> conversation. Okay, that's patreon.com slash goosebuds. Uh, and also, if you're listening to this, uh, especially in the first part of, of December, we currently have a, I don't know, do you want to call it a cyber sale, a slinksmith sale, a, a holiday sale on our Goosebuds store. Uh, we have some new merch, updated designs, new colors, new options. Uh, everything is 20% off. Go to goosebuds.store and dress your skeleton or a loved one's skeleton for the holidays. Oh, that's lovely. Beautiful. Also, I just want to call this out too is we know I don't know why it makes it seem like a call out of like, I know you've bought stuff. Uh <laughs> we've we've had many wonderful folks who have bought uh merch from our stores. Uh and I I wanna see them. Please like tweet yeah. or Instagram or send us like stuff. If you if you got any of our previous Goosebud stuff, uh Please post it online. We'd love to give it a shout out. And also like, hey, um, maybe we can, if you're cool with it, we'll put your your photos on the Etsy store so you could be an official Goosebuds model. Do you want to be famous? Send us a picture. <laughs>
Uh, I've I've seen a lot of lovely pictures of folks who've bought the Space Kings book, showing off their hardcover, full color Space Kings book that you can get right now at book.spacekings.space, and that always <laughs> fills me with joy. It's also nice <laughs> mm-hmm. seeing everybody's Spotify wrapped around this time of year, and they've watched, they've, they've listened to us for an ungodly amount of. Oh hours. man, I got a couple of those yesterday when they released, and uh, please keep sending those over. It's always a joy to see. Yeah, I, I thank you for putting thousands of minutes of our voices in your ears this year. That's very kind of you. That's very sweet. And if you'd like to hear more of my voice, uh, Pretend Friends is doing stuff again. It's good. It's a good show where we play Space Kings, <laughs> uh, and you can listen to it. It's, there's a new season. And uh, yeah, I hope you like it. You can find it uh, by typing Pretend Friends into anything, basically. Go have a good time. It's a free good time. It's free. The ghost of Davil is just watching down like a, he's not dead. I don't know why. <laughs> I mean, he's in a he's in a weird dimension right now. So kind of. Yeah, he's in the Mindosphere. So spoilers. Oh, but, but God, he's right. He's in the Mindosphere. What the? Oh my God. Yeah, spoilers for season three. But yeah. <laughs> I want to retract what I said about doing PCP. I would simply enter the Mindosphere and stay up as long as I wanted in the Mindosphere. Fucking smart. Mm. Fucking smart. Mm. And um, if you've been listening to me for a while and you like my stuff and you think I'm good. And uh, you think I'm, I'm a cool guy who deserves to buy food for his cat and live in an apartment. Uh, maybe consider throwing me a dollar at GiveKevinMoney.com. That's my Patreon. And uh, I, I I make some good stuff. So uh, check it out if you want. Yeah. If you want to support me, I'm not asking for anything right now. So simply buy your time <laughs> and wait until the moment that I do ask for something. So <laughs> <laughs> Hold, Paul Legion. Hold. <laughs> That's why Paul is the number one goose buddy, because he never asks you for anything. Yet. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, I'm being real Italian about this. <laughs> all right, guys. Uh, I'm going to go take a nap. Uh, I'm going to go stare at the sun and then call it a wimp. <laughs> I'm going to go listen to some uh, Dusseldorf jams on my Krebstar 2000 with a comma. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody. Until next time. Scatter. This episode of Goosebuds is brought to you by our wonderful Patreon supporters. They live forever in the digital book of names. The book of, book names. of names. Starting with Stefan Jive Turkey Kuabara. Hollis Hornbeak. Low Belly Hate Me. Cameron Murphy Audio. Michael McDowell. Hey, Josh Rob. Mickey C. Nathan Dolezal. Kelly C. Mike Lanteri. Buddy Morrill. Alecade. Mel Dipson. Afsheen. Danky McStanky. Dango Twist. Brian Wells. Happy holidays from Zentacles to all the Goose Buddies. Aww. Happy Aww. holidays, y'all. Happy holidays. Stealth Base. Robert Moon. Jason Crooker. Clay Castle. Miguel Pardo. John Keedy. Calf. New paranoia shop about quicksand out now. <laughs> wow, that managed to miss both me and Chad. Call <laughs> <laughs> a split. Quentin, I am in your walls. Said the goddamn walls. Gregory D. Warren. Alan Saylor. Cody Redfield. Bradford Coulter. Aiden Alexander Dice. Jar Jar Slinks. Chosen One. Levithan. Up and Champ. Jonas Engman. Carl. Anthony Mulberry. The John D. and Catherine T. MacArthur Foundation. Elusive Koala. Yanni Markovina. Brooke X. Jesus Christ. Christian Vanskever. Drew Applegate. Jeremy Lowe. Brian Hopgood. Zach Connor. Alicia Grave. Patreon underscore donator comma yo. Hell yeah. Joe Spooky Digital Ghost Tierney. Tom Widom. New Paranoia Shop <laughs> with special guest Andrew Jadzak who will present on validity of quicksand while wearing pants. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I think you meant that mockingly, but I got a little scared. There are so <laughs> many quicksand and paranoia shoppy bullets that you will be hit. One of you will be hit at least. <laughs> it's more of a shotgun blast. Yeah. Lord Cornwallis. We're living in dangerous times. <laughs> Carson Birkin Bean. Murphy P. Tevin Ticklebean's backstory involves a lot of dwarven. Oh, we'll be talking no. about that. Rest well, my dwarven brothers. <laughs> Sean Minogue. Rushy Glenn. Wiggle it. Jonas Blatterman. Luke LaFontaine. 
Ooh. Chip Hanso. Matt McClellan. John Barber. Sarah Camp. Tanya Turtle. Paul Grasso. Joe, regular name, Scott. Alex Moon, the robotic dog. Juan Jalapena. Keith Halcrow. Timothy Misudolakis. Clay McCarty. Vincent Modica. Matthew Stevens. Luke Noodles. Parker Lee. Hugh Bolin. Zam Bam Bino. Pam underscore boat. Raymond Hernandez. I can talk. (laughs) Flibbly. The Crow Fens, but non-denominationally festive. Wow. Great read of non-denominational yeah, job. That would have tripped me up. Impressive. Ooh, that was tough. Matthew Sutton. Jeffrey Owen Cahi. Lee Wood. Kelsey Kinneman. Russell Casper. Javier Jimenez. Brendan Arafin. Chris Petrikas. Scotty Pippen. Nathan Remick. Need more kimchi. Streak. Meet Virginia. Dungeon Kappa. Reed Steubendick. MC Hamster got stuck <laughs> in quicksand and couldn't update his name. <laughs> I love it. Zach Wary. Lip Duck. Stinklitch. Ellen G. Jessam. Joey Evans. <laughs> Quicksand is real. <laughs> <laughs> there's, no, there's no play with it. Just Quicksand is real. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Carolize Gamgee. Tobias Clark. Yolo Swaggins. Just a chill hobbit. Living it up in Yolo Shire. Cameron Hansen. Generally depressing. The Deadly Bulb. Andre Villanueva. Ben Bohan. Estamena, Lord of Paul's Pants. Chris, Return of the Ghostly Pajama Boner Ooh. Nelson. It never truly went away. The sight of our rainforest tour guide boning my wife was so <laughs> shocking, I didn't notice that quicksand. Hashtag cucksand. That was in an episode my mom listened to. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Stewart. Kieran McNamara. Diet Soda. Jonas Enevoldsen. Calamity Carl. Germ Juice. Jackie Ledoux. Coleman Laguza. Lamp! Great movie. <laughs> Nick Johnson. <laughs> A Pair of Scots. Another great movie. <laughs> Stephen Day. <laughs> Levi Kidder. David Gray. Bryce Deary. Hashtag Dwarf Energy. Matthew Bertano. <laughs> Ryan Carroll. Jeremy Bowser. Carpson. I am Cornholio. I need TP for my bunghole. <laughs> Oh, Mr. B. Ninja <laughs> Breadman. Bony. Peanutburg level 69. Megan McCormick Mason. Some of Chad's bird friends. Nicholas Maloney. Helodicus Frenchland. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Burgers, Icy Church, the Frost be upon thee. <laughs> oh my god, we have to bring back Ice Church. <laughs> oh my god, we, we gotta talk about Ice Church. It's been a minute. Aaron Lord. Eric Horwitz. Tiffany Lee. Dr. Eggdrop Soupman. Thomas Jansis. Lucretia McEvil. Ugh, mutant astronaut. Moon Juice. Henry Torber. Adam Knapp. SSJ Trogdor. Hood Lemon. Logan Derby. Brad Schmelzer. Chick. Wow. Yeah, how would you say this? We'll find out. I know how I, I know I should say plush, but I'm gonna say plivish. <laughs> I I would have gone with plivish too. Plivish. plivish. <laughs> Mr. Misfire. Manda Nasty. Llama Lad. Skeletorin. Mike Spaghetti Jones, Jesse Hammock, Yoplin, Philip Reynolds, Chicago Frank returns. Oh my! N eight bit G, Chris R R Davis Crafts Rye Animator, Scott Wable, Danzig versus Sean Aston. The battle for Polly Shore Soul <laughs> begins now. Doctor Mister Unimportant suspects that it's all connected. The monkeys were trapped in quicksand to keep them from finishing the new. <gasps> the new what? The new what? The sand enters their lungs and they cannot speak. <laughs> Rocco! Josh Howell. Evan Bowen. Soggy Newspapers. Chris Kulik. Dakota Kemp. John W. 976 EVIL. Greg Musto. Kiwi of Lerve. Serial Killer X. Hi, first time, long time. Allie Rose. Sprinkle Buns. Kevin, your skate monkeys are watching you and your monkey shines. You slime. <laughs> Benjamin Luther. Sarah Sin. Dennis Wright. Hover the Moon. Hildeby. Edgar's Crassus. Cameron Ganseveld. Vochivi. Matt Septor. Greg Gervasi, aka Vitazen. Dakota Kipper. Ollie Sutz. Kate the Great. My cart. <laughs> Can Chad's Chode make your head explode? Tonight 11. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not commenting on that one. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best move, Chad. <laughs> 
Rodriguez. B. Jeff Webb is still a big baby, but we both sincerely appreciate your well wishes. You'll grow up, Jeff. <laughs> Alpaca acquaintance. Taraku, the thing that goes dunk in the anime. Cassandra Harris. Gulliver. Spencer. Why? That last name was my favorite. Uh-huh. <laughs> Soap. Big Nick Lane. Kira and Brian are big fans. Oh, we got some bigs lined it up <laughs> together. James Stavernus. We'll get Gog be worth get Ginga Gend Goblin Greater. <laughs> Dicely done, Paul. Sure will. Sure will. <laughs> Blake, bad time having Gavin. Chris, insert creative name here, Byers. Dan Antonio. <laughs> Droman. George Props. I pledge my blade to Dreadlord Kevin. Yay. <laughs> Got one. More people pledge their blade to me, please. <laughs> CM. Assuming that's Crystal Maiden. Farrah Tildy. Stinko the Clown pledges his blade to Paul. Ah. <laughs> Can't just declare that. <laughs> Who would you pledge your blade to? Reply in our poll. <laughs> Chris Curdo. William. Cole Gleason. The Puerto Rican Demon. Tanner Gallegos. Matthew Pipes. Jesse Boggs. Michael Malloy. Witch Knight Wren. Witch Knight Wren? <laughs> Brandon Nichols. Angelo Edward Longton Santo. Smelodies. And now to add two new names or things to the book of names. <laughs> the first is funny. Uh, the second is goon. Good vibes. Mom was kind of hot. Cahoots. What? She was. She was. I, she, the, the, the mom in the cartoon Good Vibes that I worked on, I believe Goon Cahoots is referenced, and she was very attractive. Uh, uh, I see, I see, oh, okay. I see. Well, oh, that's yeah. in the yeah. book of names forever now. That's great. I love that. <laughs> 2023 will be the year of pledging blades. Pledge your blades. Pick your side. <laughs> or other weapons. Maybe you're not a sword guy. Yeah, if you got a spear, yeah. I, I'm accepting spearmen. Paul's always accepting spearmen. <laughs> all hammers. Hammer boys over here. All right. I love you all. Thank you all so very, very much. Bye, Bye everybody. Pledge your blades. Flypaper. The work of the people. Owned by the people. Supported by the people. Visit flypaper.fm.